Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. That's probably the most um, on-cue crack we've had in a while. <laughs> I've, they're doing it remotely. I have no idea how long time these things are at all. <laughs> After three, I just wait about five seconds, and then I crack just to try <laughs> to be on time with you. <laughs> um we are the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Uh, my name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What's up? The third of our um, amigos is officially out sick tonight. Uh, he was questionable coming into the evening, coming into <laughs> the game, and just couldn't go in warm-ups, so we decided to bench him. And that is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Get well soon. Um, I've also been out, I think, for the last couple shows, last few yeah. shows. And so, you know, that's what happens when you uh, record a podcast uh, for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still got, you know, normal jobs and shit we have to take care of. Yeah, life, normal jobs. Uh, my job in particular, I travel, so it makes things difficult. Um, and I'm starting to travel a lot more because of it. So it is what it is, though. Um, Got to pay the bills. But happy to be back here tonight to do this waiver wire for week four. Holy shit. I know. Quarter of the way into the season already. Quarter of the way through. It's hard to believe, but um, here we are. And, you know, there are some intriguing players to talk about um tonight today um if you're new to the show you can catch us on twitter at the ff fathers um you know hit us up with a like subscribe if uh you feel so kindly to do so that would be really appreciative since this is a fairly new show you know we record this thing in our in our free time we do all the research in our free time so it's it's a hobby of ours, I guess. We've been playing fantasy football for a very, very long time. Uh, decades at this point. And uh, so we like to share that knowledge uh, with you guys and uh, and drink a beer as we do. Hell yeah. No better way of doing it. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Tonight we have waiver wires. Um, so we're going to get into some of the intriguing pickups um, this week and kind of just discuss, you know, our thoughts on these players, how much fab we might spend, players we might drop for them. So uh, let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, at the quarterback position, Trevor Lawrence starting to play pretty well, and Doug Peterson seems to be, you know, um, as we kind of predicted in the offseason, um, helping this team a lot. You know, we knew there was some talent on this roster, uh, but we also knew that they had a complete uh, nut job, <laughs> or whatever you want to call him, at the at the head coaching position. He just he wasn't an NFL coach, and he didn't know how to coach in the NFL, and that was very evident from the get go. But Trevor Lawrence, right now, owned in about fifty percent of leagues, more than eighteen points in the last two games, averaging thirty-seven pass attempts per game this season. We know he's talented, just needed a little bit of help, and it seems to be working. He's also got that little bit of rush rushing ability as well as a young gun out there. So what do you think about uh, Trevor Lawrence? You know, you're picking him up in, in redraft league? 
Um, I, I think it kind of depends on where you're at with your quarterback, you know, situation. If you are were a guy that, you know, you had Trey Lance and he he went down and Lawrence was available. Hopefully, he'd still be available last week. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think you can if you need a streaming option, especially once bye weeks, you know, start to coming. That's another option. The biggest thing is. I think he's going to continue to play well, so I would get him now before it's going to cost you too much money. Uh, this week is not the best matchup, by the way. I mean, they're playing Philly, and that's a really, really tough matchup. They're a really good defense. They're ball hawking. They create force a lot of turnovers. So that's going to be r- a little rough. But after this week, he gets the Texans, Colts, and Giants for the three games after that, which are all pretty good matchups and you know some teams that he could exploit. So I think this is the week to pick him up now, get him cheap, stash him and then you got a really good streaming option for you know uh the next three weeks yeah i would i would agree with that 100 percent um you know i think i I still think trevor lawrence is a talented uh quarterback i I think he he got the short end of the stick last year and was put into a really hard uh situation but i think things get better he was a guy i was targeting as kind of like a a punting quarterback option in super flex leagues for my second quarterback and i think that's going to pay off so um i i like trevor lawrence i mean pick him up if you are looking for some sort of quarterback if yeah like if you're the trey lance owner or maybe you're relying on matthew stafford right now and things are kind of dim i could i i'm happy picking up trevor lawrence in those situations Marcus Mariota owned uh, in 33% of leagues. Uh, this is Trey's guy. And, you know, he's he's Trey's main <laughs> man. He's been p- pumping uh, pumping Mariota up uh, all all offseason. And, look, he's he's got that rushing ability, and that's what Trey was talking about all offseason. And, and turns out, you know, sometimes Trey's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, the rushing ability gives him that high floor um, week in and week out. He hasn't had the most yardage the last couple weeks on the ground, but he is getting into the end zone, so he makes up for it that way. Um, Now, going forward, he does have Cleveland this week, and who knows what's going on with that. They might be without Miles Garrett, who got in a car accident earlier today. Um, They said it's minor minor injuries, and he should be released from the hospital this evening. But that's still kind of weird, and we have no idea of what extent of those injuries are yet. So that could be another... You know, if he's out for this game, Mariota, that just gives him that much more, you know, time to run, uh, you know, time to find his receivers when you ha- don't have, you know, arguably the best pass rusher in the league, you know, bearing down your neck. Yeah, what I love is seeing Mariota getting those designed QB read options in the red zone on the goal line. Those are yeah. really hard hard to stop in that situation as a defense. And it is almost a guarantee like they're gonna i don't know it it's a really tough play to stop on the goal line is my point and so the falcons are going to continue to do that and so that that means Mariota has a high chance of scoring more a lot more rushing touchdowns this season um and the offense as a whole has been really playing pretty well i mean you know drake linden is is emerging as a dude. Obviously Kyle Pitts is, is a freak and, and they obviously were targeting him more this week. They made it, made it a point and, uh, he played better and at least had some more targets, but yeah, you know, I, I don't mind as you know, if you're struggling at quarterback, picking up Mariota. Absolutely. Uh, at the running back position, they were, there were some pretty key injuries. Um, 
this week with some of the you know most sought after handcuffs kind of getting their chance to shine and and they definitely did uh let's start with deandre swift looking like i think dan campbell came out today said he's he's probably gonna sit him for the next two games right so jamal williams who's owned in 60 percent is is gonna be the next guy up obviously yeah i mean and this is gonna be the highest they're the most sought after guy on probably the entire waiver wire this week because of the way they use the running backs in Detroit. Um, I mean, he didn't even play the full game last week, uh, only 45% of the snaps, but he still ended up with 22 touches and scored 24 fantasy points. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, he immediately got in there and, and took over and he, and like, he's a really talented running back. There's a reason why he was a pretty good free agent signing for the Detroit a couple years ago when he left green Bay. Um, and the nice thing too, is that they didn't really utilize Craig Reynolds either when DeAndre Swift went out. Uh, Craig Reynolds, he played 17% of snaps and had six carries, but only averaged two yards a carry on those. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about Craig Reynolds, you know, jumping in, stealing some touches from Jamal Williams. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but I think the question comes down to how much do you spend on Jamal Williams if it is just a two-week starting role, you know? In terms of fab. Yeah. Um, I think you will still see him, you know, bringing in a lot. I'm thinking that mo- for most leagues, the the guy who gets them is probably going to spend at least 30 bucks, even yeah. for only a couple weeks. I mean, a lot of times that's what it is with when it comes to waiver wires. You know, you spend it all a lot of money for a guy that's going to be a short term solution for you anyways. Maybe it is one for a few weeks, but if that's what keeps your team afloat and you get a couple of dubs out of it. That makes that can be huge come playoff time. Totally, and when you say thirty bucks, you're you're talking in a uh, season long of, of having a hundred dollar budget, I assume, right? So, yes. so really, like thirty percent of your budget. Yep, I bet I'm. I'm not saying I wouldn't necessarily personally do that, but everyone's different. Depends on what your running back situations look like. You know, if you were a what guy if you're that the had Swift, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What if you're the Swift owner? Yeah, I mean, if you're the Swift owner, then you should be really prioritizing him if you didn't already have him as a handcuff, which you probably should have done. Probably should, um, yeah. <laughs> knowing Swift's injury history. Yeah. And, you know, I don't always think you have to have the backup to your starting running back, I think. But in these types of – like when the backup is a efficient running back, like a Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison, like you should prioritize those types of handcuffs because when they come in and they get their opportunity, they – usually produce exactly so yeah i mean uh, there's very few other running backs in the league i mean i know you just mentioned them that we're going to talk about them next because of other injuries but outside of those guys there's not really that many great handcuffs in the nfl um and aj Dillon's not a handcuff so don't try to throw that in there because he's like a 50 <laughs> 50 owner of this backfield now um yeah. but there's just not you know there's not that many good handcuffs in the league so like these are guys right. that you really should have prioritized in draft season as well yeah, for sure. Um, and, and if you're not the Swift owner, I, I still think Jamal Williams, you know, should be a pretty decent um, fab. You know, uh, you should be willing to spend a li- some a decent amount of fab on him because, like you said, if, if you're struggling at running back, I mean, he could totally help you for the next two weeks and and push for uh, that playoff spot. So, especially if yeah. you're a team that's like zero and three, it's like okay. 
you got to do something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's still early enough in the season for you to change it around. So, you know, you got to do something there. And not to mention, we for, we didn't say that they're all, the Lions are also playing the Seahawks this week. Seahawks are not good. Um, they're really bad. I know. <laughs> I, I watch every snap. Breaking um, news. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but they're especially bad against, you know, running backs and pass catching running back. They give up a ton of yardage to, to running backs out of the backfield. So, Jamal Williams is going to be lined up for a massive game uh, this coming yeah. weekend. Yeah, he's going to have a huge game. Um, the next handcuff that got his opportunity to shine and did have a huge game, uh, that was Khalil Herbert. And those of you that were forced to start Khalil Herbert for whatever reason, you're just in desperation mode at running back, you I mean, you looked out. Uh, owned in 40%, 47% of leagues. David Montgomery obviously went down with the knee slash ankle injury. He's listed as day to day right now, but Khalil came in, had 20 carries for 157 yards and two tuds. I mean, looked really, really good. Like, should he be taking more of on of a, more of a role on, even if David Montgomery's healthy? Uh, but how much are you going after Khalil this week? So, I mean, again, it comes down to your running back situation, how that's looking. The problem when it comes down to Khalil Herbert is that David Montgomery is listed as day-to-day. They don't think he's going to miss that much time. If anything, it's probably just this one game. And so Khalil Herbert's literally just a fill-in for that one game. Now, bringing up the point of, you know, will he does earn more touches after this? Possibly. And... You know, then it's a whole different situation going on there and what you're going to do with him after the fact. But leading into this game, Khalil Herbert only had 13 rushing attempts on the season. So the Bears don't like to use a second running back. They're a one running back type of team, which is crazy yeah. for a guy or a team that has a, the talent like a Khalil Herbert, you know, as your backup. But that's just what they are. That's that's their identity. They use one running back. So um, this week, Khalil Herbert should be. I mean, I, I would spend a decent amount on him if you're in a in a rough situation when it comes to your running backs. Yeah, for me, he's I mean, top ten back must start this week if he's if he's the guy and David is out. Like he's talented, you know, to the point yeah. where it's like, is he almost better than David Montgomery? <laughs> you know, but that's a that's a real you know a conversation. Um, so yeah, you know. Like you said, if if you're in desperate, I'd be willing to spend up. But it is a one week week rental, you know. So, how much are you really going to get out of it? You know, right? So. It's it's dicey, but I mean, that's what fantasy football is, man. You gotta it's it's, it's, it's rolling the dice. Week. Yeah, yeah. If I'm zero and three, and my running backs stuck suck, like I'm willing to spend a good amount just to try something else you know because what you're doing right now is is not working and you have to make a change quickly in fantasy football because if you're own three like your chances to make the playoffs are not good (laughs) so (laughs) um yeah unless you're in like those you know unless you have different um conferences or whatever divisions and your division sucks as a whole then you got a better chance but that's that's luck though like you can't you can't yeah and you don't want to leave your your destiny in the hands of other teams being just as shitty as your team is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Alexander Madison's owned in 63% of leagues. Dalvin Cook, also listed as day-to-day, dislocated his shoulder. 
uh, against the Lions. It's the same shoulder that he's dislocated in the past. He has some sort of device that he wears that apparently helps. Um, but is he going to miss next week? Well, day to day, you know, you never know. I would lean towards him probably missing when he dislocated the shoulder last year. He missed 11 days uh, of camp and that included obviously one game. So I think there's a good chance he does miss this one game. Now, Madison would be a guy that I don't prioritize as much as the other two only because of who he's playing. He's playing the Saints defense, which, as we know, is a very good defense. Um, they're just stout, and he's not going to probably produce as well as you would see from like Khalil Herbert or Jamal Williams this week. And so for a one one week rental, as you as you said earlier, it's just tough. Now, luckily for most Dalvin Cook owners, Alexander Madison is probably the most sought after handcuff in the league. Um, you know, owned owned in sixty three percent of them, so. You probably already had him on your team, but if you don't, he should be a guy to go out, out look for. But I would still put him kind of third on the pecking order with the other two guys we mentioned already. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're a, a cook manager and, and you don't have Madison, you lucked out because Madison is going to be like third on the pecking order here for pickups at running back this week. So you got lucky because let's say Montgomery doesn't get hurt and Swift doesn't get hurt then people are paying probably a lot more for Madison this week than they're going to now. So yep. they're going to, they're going to prioritize the other guy, two guys before that, before Madison. So you like, you got lucky. So go get them now before this happens again. <laughs> uh, at wide receiver, there's uh, a few guys here to talk about uh, Zay Jones, who's owned in 14% of leagues. You know, right Seems now, so weird to be saying <laughs> that you should be picking up Zay Jones. Zay Jones, man, but he's averaging eight targets per game. Uh, led the team in targets against the Chargers with eleven. Got ten of them. Caught ten of them uh, for eighty-five yards and a touchdown. So the Jags are looking better. They are throwing the ball a lot. They're utilizing the number one overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence, and as they should. And this team looks better. They look improved with the new coaching staff. So are you finally going to go ahead and buy in on Zay Jones? Yeah, honestly, I really am. And um, I think I was the only guy between you, me and Trey that talked about Christian Kirk, even in some type of positive light in the offseason. Um, and that's <laughs> looking to be to do like pretty good as well. Um, so Zay and like, it's weird to say this, but like, there's probably two wide receivers that should be owned on the Jags. When yeah. was the last time you could say that? Like the like the nineties when they like Keenan McCardell and like Jimmy <laughs> Keenan Cardell. <laughs> and um, Jimmy um Smith. Doesn't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I mean I was definitely I, I definitely thought Trevor Lawrence would have a better year. I just didn't know who was going to emerge you know, in this wide receiver group and it was kind of hard to, to pick and choose. So, but as of right now, it looks obviously Christian Kirk, but also Zay Jones, you know, I mean, averaging eight targets, targets a game, he's got a quarterback that that's talented. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to pick him up, throw him on my bench and, and see what continues to happen. If anything, he's a desperation flex. If you're in a tight pinch, 
Uh, Greg Dortch owned in 32% of leagues. This is the receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. He's a complete Dortch, um, but he's pretty good at football. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the missing persons uh, report continues to be um, unclosed with Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, I what is his deal? Is he still hurt? Yeah, he's still dealing with, I think it's a hamstring thing. Um, they do expect him back either week four or week five. So we'll see what Greg Dortch does after that. But he's been a good little pickup the last couple of weeks, man. Um, he's getting a ton of targets. And he's he seems to be playing that Rondell Moore role. Now, it's going to be curious when Moore comes back if it's more of a 50-50 split between them because how well Dortch is playing or if Dortch just immediately goes back to the bench. I'm going to be interested to see the way that works out. But as long as Moore is out, Dortch can... Honestly, I think he's a pretty solid flex play with Rondell Moore out. I mean... To me, in his first three games, Dorch has done more in the NFL than than more has than yeah. more ever has. At least his first three games, like having a significant role, you know, in an offense, he's he's done more than Rondell Moore to me ever has. You know, and it's like I I was one of the people that were was excited for Rondell Moore coming this season, but you know, not to the point where I was going crazy and drafting him everywhere but i i thought he he would have a nice role but hamstrings are also lingering so if if dorch is still out there and you're in your team or in your uh leagues you should be picking him up for sure i mean if there's someone that's just not producing for you like be willing to move on you know just because you drafted a guy does not mean you have to keep him on to your keep him on your team you know uh, go get the guys that are producing that no one thought would um, like this next guy, except for <laughs> us. No, Romeo Dobbs obviously had a, a ton of uh training camp hype, but for good reason. Like he's a talented player. We talked about him, you know, from way back when. But um, he finally had a game where it was like, okay, we we have to target Dobbs. Like he's ready. You know, I know he's a rookie, but I feel like that's really the only reason he's been kind of held back a little bit is is because he's a rookie and they've just been trying to find their rhythm in this offense, but finally had uh, a really nice game. He's owned in 39% of leagues. What, I mean, are you going out and getting Romeo if, if he's not sitting on your bench already? He's, he's definitely on my bench in a lot of leagues. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, you absolutely. sniped him in about every league that we have <laughs> that we play in together. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, man. That was, that was one of the most fun parts about drafting with you guys is that we had talked about this stuff <laughs> so much. <laughs> we knew I'm exactly not who you, to go for. <laughs> I'm not inviting you to any more leagues. You're done. You're uh, cut off. <laughs> uh, it was good times. But, yeah, um, absolutely should be going out there. I mean, I know he greatly benefited from Sammy Watkins now on the IR, and Christian Watson was uh, inactive for, for last week, and we're not sure what's happening in week four, but Watkins being gone completely now, who was the leading receiver so far this season for the team, opens up a lot of yardage and targets to to for someone to step up and take it. And, you know, uh, Dobbs seems to be that guy. Um, his connection with Aaron Rodgers is looking better. Uh, and, you know, playing a game without other guys and you can see that just that little connection start to kind of spark. You know how Aaron Rodgers is. He loves he, he finds connection with one guy. He's going to target the hell out of him. It's one of the reasons why Devontae Adams, you know, was so big for the last 
what six seasons now or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard coming in as a rookie who played at Nevada or anywhere, really, as a rookie wide receiver and coming in, unless you're an absolute freak athlete, like Dobbs is going to have to work at his game a little bit. But it's the type of guy that, you know, he reminds me a lot of like a a Devontae Adams in, in terms of his mentality and like work ethic and just the type of person that he is and I think he can continue to improve and I, and I loved what I saw out of his not out his college tape but also you know in training camp obviously everyone did um once he got to training camp so you know eight for eight um this week you know he caught everything that Raj threw his way which is huge like he earned his keep with Rogers this week to me and we know that's a big thing with Rogers you got to earn that trust so Rodgers needs reliable targets out there, you know. Randall Cobb is is, you know, he's just too old at this point. Like he's, you know, it, it is what it is. And and Lazard is is a good player, but he's not. We know he's not an elite receiver, so he's going to do his thing. But Rodgers needs other people to step up, and I and I think it's Romeo from here on out. Christian Watson will be back at some point, um, but he's he's you know hasn't been great. So uh, I'm definitely picking up Romeo if he's available in, in your leagues, which he has been dropped in, 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 in a decent amount of leagues that I'm in anyways, uh, because of the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a good point, too, because like, yeah, I think he was probably up close to 50 percent ownership, um, you know, when the season began. So him dropping down to to underneath 40, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And then uh, another guy we should mention here, Mac Hollins, Las Vegas wide receiver, obviously had uh, the big <laughs> breakout game last week for a Las Vegas team that has just not been able to figure out how to win. Um, but, man, 29.9 half PPR points last week, 10 targets, 8 the week before. Uh, he had eight receptions uh, this week, 158 yards and a touchdown. I don't think even when Hunter Renfro comes back, like, is this something that the team can just ignore? Like, given the opportunity, Mac Hollins really shined, you know? And so, you know, maybe it was, was this a fluke? I mean, Probably not, seeing that he had eight targets the week before as well with Renfro in the game. So it probably isn't. Maybe he's just finding a really good connection with with Derek Carr. It's hard to say because, I mean, if you look at what Hunter Renfro's done so far this season, he had 10 targets in week two, but like there's just no yardage going behind going behind any of these catches that he has right now. So, which, I mean, Renfro, you're not expecting a ton of yardage anyways, uh, just because of the style that he's playing, but he was getting a lot more of his, you know, last year and this year we're not sure what's happening. So, yeah, I think Mac Hollins it could end up being more of a long-term play where this connection, you know, blossoms as the season comes along. So, my like why not stash him right now? I'm sure he's in these popular waiver wire ads, so you're probably going to have to spend a little bit of fab on him, which kind of sucks cuz like a week ago you probably could have gone for nothing. Um, but, you know, maybe he's worth the stash and just see what happens. I think so. You know, I think this is the Devonte Adams, Darren Waller effect, you know, like the defenses have to account for those two guys. And so whoever the third weapon in, in this is in this offense, 
is going to have opportunities. And Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins are completely different builds. Like, you know, Matt Collins is six foot four, 221 pounds. He's a big guy. And, you know, that's, that's a tough guard for their, you know, third or fourth best DB. I mean, it's, it's something to keep an eye on to me anyways. Cause I think even when Hunter Renfro comes back, Matt Collins is going to have a role in this offense, um, moving forward as he should after yeah, that game. I mean, I like how you compare their side. I mean, you have a massive Matt Collins and then you have Hunter Renfro who looks like your really athletic cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look athletic. He's just your cousin, but turns out to be pretty athletic though. Right. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I would be, I would be picking on Matt Collins if, if you got someone that you're willing to part ways with, um, on your bench, which you probably do, <laughs> um, at least in deeper leagues at the tight end position, couple of guys to bring up here, Tyler, the Conklin, another Tyler, is this Tyler Conklin here? No, that, that that name is reserved for Tyler's Higby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, hey, Conklin's not... I mean, shit, guys, tight end's so thin, and it's even thinner on the waiver wire. So, I mean, if you're struggling at the position, you're throwing darts anyway. So why, why not go with some guy named Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, those Tylers, they're a sure bet, you know. Uh, <laughs> it is... It, it, he is... Interesting. I mean, the whole tight end position is just every year we it, this happens, right? But it is a kind of a mess this year. Really hard to predict, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess Tyler Conklin, <laughs> if you're, I mean, looking for a tight I mean, end. Yeah, I mean, okay. So far in the season, the Jets have thrown the ball more than any other team, probably because they're not very good and they're playing from behind a lot, right? And so that helps. But Conklin is the second leading um, tight end reception wise uh, for the season, but only behind Mark Andrews. So that's pretty good company to be with. And now there's not a ton of yardage behind that's so like 130 yards and a touchdown, but he's getting usage. So that's what you like to see. The other side of this that's, you know, uncertain is that Zach Wilson's expected to be back possibly as soon as this week. It still might be a week or two out. But once that happens, like who knows, right? Maybe Zach Wilson hates Tyler Conklin and doesn't throw the ball at all. So who knows what happens then, but at least for one more week, if you're struggling at tight end, this could be the guy to to you know give you some points. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Zach Wilson question is interesting. I don't understand why, you know, the Jets are so opposed to just like letting Zach Wilson sit for a little while. Like Joe Flacco, yeah, he's in the back end of his career, but he's like even Garrett Wilson said he throws a more catchable ball. Like that is, that is such a big statement. Yeah. Like, and, and I know he, he probably didn't mean it, you know, that dramatically, but that is a, like, we know, like we all watch, we can all watch them play. Like we, we know yeah. Joe Flacco is better at throwing the ball right now than Zach Wilson. <laughs> I don't know why coach, uh, Robert is so opposed. <laughs> His first name is Robert. Uh, I don't know why he's so opposed to benching Zach Wilson. Maybe it's ownership. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they obviously spent a high capital traffic on him, but like, 
you know, you got to do what's best for your team and what's best for Zach Wilson. Maybe he just needs to sit and learn a little bit, you know, before being the guy, but we'll see, I guess what happens with all these receivers um, in this passing game when Zach Wilson comes back. But for now, Garrett Wilson looks like an absolute stud. You know, Elijah Moore is kind of missing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, Elijah Moore owners scary. are probably praying for Zach Wilson to come back because that's who he has a connection with. And clearly the connection between him and, and Flacco is almost non-existent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but even though, you know, Elijah Moore's best games came last year when he was playing with uh, with Mike White. So That's true. Well, Mike White throws a better ball than Zach. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my God, that's yeah, that's that's tough moving forward, you know. Um, but it is what it is. David Njoku uh, owned in thirty-seven percent of leagues. This was a guy that uh, we were touting a little bit, at least I was um, at the tight end position as one of those guys that you could pick up later in drafts um, if you didn't take one of the elite guys at the beginning of the draft. So. Uh, last week, he had a big game, 10 targets, 9 receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown um, targeted in the red zone. Had a really nice catch on that touchdown play. But the first two weeks were bad. Yeah. Um, you know, are you trusting Najoku again moving forward? I mean, is he going to have a game like last week? No, of course. That's ridiculous to think that that's going to happen, you know, two games in a row. Um, I'm still kind of going back and banking on the whole Brissett stat that he targets the tight end position more than any other quarterback in NFL history that have at least like so many others, you know, so many starts. So that's one of those things that's really crazy to me is that like he's known to always rely on the tight ends and the first two weeks really did it. And then obviously last week there was a big blowout. So I don't know what to really expect, but I mean, he Njoku is a guy that has a ton of upside for the position. There's probably, I'll just say, there's no other tight end on the waiver wire that's going to be available that has his kind of upside. So I would focus more on get, picking up somebody like him over like a Tyler Conklin who might have a better floor because it's a tight end position. And if you punted on it, you're not expecting to get a ton, but he could end up winning you weeks certain, you know, every other week just because he could have that big blowout game. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I have him in a few leagues, and I'm kind of forced to start him, but it it is nice seeing him at least be utilized in some sort of fashion, getting 10 targets from Jacoby. So hopefully this continues. Um, But, yeah, I think you're right. You know, you can't expect this type of production, even, you know, double-digit targets week in and week out. But he's, I think he's still worth picking up um, if you're struggling at tight end. Anyone else, you know, any anybody else we want to bring up here uh, that comes to mind? Um, Nothing for me. I don't know if you have somebody, somebody lined up, but this is basically the guys I would be targeting right now. I don't can't really think of a any other guy, any position to, you know, worth going after. What about uh, Michael Gallup, if he's available in your league? That's a that's an interesting one. Um. I mean, I think that's one of those guys that is probably more of a stash play for a lot of people so far this year. What's his ownership at? He's at 54%, so he could be available. Um, so, I mean, that's an yeah. interesting 
interesting one. He's a guy I actually do have him stash in a couple of leagues because um, I'm expecting him to come in and, and kind of, you know, take up some of the the slack uh, at wide receiver. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, he's available. I think he's a good stash play, honestly. But I'm surprised he's actually owned in so few leagues. Yeah, I know he was, you know, kind of dropped in a lot of leagues after he was expected to miss uh, quite a bit of time. But he is it is looking like he might be back. I think he, there were some reports saying he could be back for this Monday night game, but officially was yeah. inactive when it all came down to it. So I mean he yeah, practiced I mean, all week. So I was I don't say I was expecting him to play this week and it obviously didn't happen, but I think that means that it's probably for sure that he's playing next week. Yeah. Um yeah, that pretty much does it. Yeah. There's really no Bro, one else. I, I mean, yeah. Devontae Parker, I guess, had a decent game, but I'm not buying into that a whole well, lot. Plus, Mac, Mac Jones is expected to miss a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. Oh, okay, yeah, then I'm definitely not. Um, <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie is another guy I've seen brought up quite a bit, but he's kind of splitting that slot receiver role with Crowder right now, and it's seems really touchdown dependent, so... I'm not huge on that pickup either. And that's so what we didn't much talk about. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for everyone who was hoping to hear what defenses to pick up this week, um, that is Trey's department. We don't like to uh, to soil that. You know, that's kind of his baby. So uh, we didn't have any this week. Uh, for who you want to start and possibly still be able to pick up later in the week, uh, make sure to hit to catch our start sits uh, later this week. And Trey will give you Stinky's defenses of the weeks then for sure for sure cannot forget about those defenses (laughs) (laughs) all right well that'll do it for uh week four waiver wires if you have any additional questions hit up on us up on twitter at the ff fathers happy to answer uh your questions there and if you could give us a follow like subscribe rating of five stars or or more uh is always appreciated and uh yeah i guess thank you for listening We'll catch you later in the week for our starts and sits and our starts of the week. Later. Bye. Did that just for Trey. (laughs)